Welcome to Perspectives. I am your host of the hour, David Howard. God bless each of you. I pray that you had a wonderful week, and my hope is that today's message finds each of you well. Thank you for listening, as I am forever grateful for this occasion to minister to each of you. My desire is that the words I share touch your heart and meet you right where you are at this very moment. Be encouraged and know that no matter where you are or what you may be going through, Jesus loves you. Be blessed and may God continue to cover you in his bountiful grace and mercy. This week marks the 22nd anniversary of the catastrophic events that took place on September 11th, 2001, in which we witnessed firsthand the horror and devastation that took place on that day. There are a few such events throughout history where we can say that we were there, those that happen and occur with little or no warning. Thousands of lives lost in an instant the suddenness of humanity's hopelessness on full display. Faces covered in the palms of their hands, hearts pounding and melting within, exhausted first responders. Meanwhile, others trapped in the unfolding tragedy were left without any options at all. We do, however, hear years later and continue to hear of the heroic efforts of those who, without regard for themselves, helped others narrowly escape the danger, even at the expense of their own lives. The hope of humanity still emerges in tragedy. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John chapter 15 and verse 13. We must be reminded that the times and the moments we have are not promised, but rather treasured gifts from God. Therefore, why do we live life as if God has an obligation to us and continue to aimlessly take him for granted as if we will be awakened tomorrow, as if the measure of our health will continue to flourish, or as if those in our lives will be present for an eternity? It is disturbing that we intentionally or not thrust upon God human qualities and characteristics as if he abides and functions and lives as we do, causing us to render him as our equal. That should not be so. I assure you with the greatest confidence, he is not. We should not assume that God will always usher us away from danger to be called out amid trouble. That is not always the case as the righteous can lose their lives among the sinful as well, but are still preserved for eternity. We can be assured that God is able to keep us, that while desolation and destruction abound, he extends the fullness of peace therein. We cannot, however, have that confidence unless we have witnessed personally the goodness of God's grace and mercy. 
There is a song with the lyrics that says, I love you, Lord. However, part of the song talks about it could have been me. And it basically says, for waking me up this morning, for letting me see a brand new dawning. Though I made plans for this day, death could have come during the night and took me away. And it goes on to say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, with all my heart and with all my soul. Today's podcast is, it could have been me. The focus verse for today comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 1 through 4. And it reads as such, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then... Sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and there shall be no escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. There are lots of things we take for granted, but the most confusing of all, a head-scratcher of sorts, are the people we claim to care about and love in the relationships we assume will be with us forever. God has only given them to us for a very brief period of time. Some longer than others, others not. And then the Lord, without warning, without our permission, calls them home. I once had an awe-inspiring mentor during my time in service. And while I was diligently working towards a professional goal, he purposely set aside time just for me to offer career advice, and to share his personal and professional insight. So intentional was his placement in my life that our paths crossed on two occasions. Not only was he an excellent counselor, but he was also a good man, a godly man, one whose life abounds with the glory of God's presence. I was frustrated and at wit's end because I did everything possible to be promoted, but to no avail as two years passed and nothing at all. He set aside time to review my records with a fine-tooth comb and meticulously pointed out my strengths as well as my vulnerabilities in which he assured that if I worked on them, my selection would be secure. That was in June of 2001. The following year, I made it. I am astonished at how often the debate rages on and on concerning the end times, the signs and wonders that are the bare witness of the fact or foretelling the nearness of its coming. Naysayers, deniers of God and the like claim to have foreknowledge of the cataclysmic events that point directly to the end of humanity. They underscore the writings of Greek philosophers and other prognosticators as a way of predicting what is going to occur and when. Suddenly it does not. We observe the seasons, the storms, calamities and droughts, famines and signs in the heavens and the churning of the seas political upheaval and the raging of wars and rebellion globally. And while they may be obvious indicators, the end is not yet. 
God alone has the final word. Despite the clamoring, the fears, and the constant drumbeat, the proliferation of videos and sound bites, all claiming a measure of expertise, we seldom hear the message of hope as a component thereof, the need for repentance, salvation, or the promise of the Lord's return. Is it for us to believe in the midst of proclaiming the end that everything is settled? A dirt-covered quietness as a matter of finality. Jesus affirms in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 and 37. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And yet, we continue to go about life as if time is certain. John the Baptist was appointed to prepare the way and set the stage for Jesus' coming. We are those messengers today. Where are they though? Elijah's and Samuel's and Daniel's and Joel's, Jeremiah and Isaiah's. Viewed as unorthodox, a man of the wilderness, he preached an uncomplicated message of repentance and baptism. Should we not today continue to speak and warn others of the Lord's return? God admonishes us unendingly through scripture or circumstance to remain watchful, watch and pray, altogether aware of the things that occur about us, that we may rightfully discern the truth. On that day, September 11, 2001, my mother hurried to wake me early that morning as I was just beginning to enjoy a well-earned vacation, visiting my family and friends. God has a way of moving things around, even though at that instant we do not fully understand why or how. I was supposed to be there that day at the Pentagon. I could have been, it could have been me. I wanted to take a leave of absence earlier. Due to the work requirements and scheduling conflicts, I was unable to go at that time that I desired. I was perplexed as I was being treated as if I was indispensable. And I was not. I was frustrated because I was burned out at the time between work and school and a personal matter of significant consequence that I was going through. But the opportunity did not materialize until that moment in that time that God saw fit and God allowed. As I watched the events live on television, I witnessed straightway the destruction and the tragic loss of life as the day continued to unfold. I urgently pressed the travel agent for an immediate flight home to Washington, D.C., and I was able to purchase a ticket on the final flight out of Los Angeles that day prior to the airspace being closed. I wondered as I flew what was taking place or was I safe as I flew in the quiet somberness of the four-hour journey. I saw for myself the remnants of the fire, the smoke-filled hallways, the tail section of the plane that struck the southwest corner of the building as its nose extended into the serenity of the center courtyard. So many 
lives were lost that day. I lost my friend. Akin to the children of Israel, the city of Goshen was their dwelling place, their ark of safety, which can be found in Exodus chapter 9 and verse 26. When the plagues inflicted the inhabitants of the land, they dwelled in safety as God poured his judgment upon Egypt, hardening the heart of Pharaoh repeatedly as he angrily neglected the pleas of his people and the vile suffering that they were going through. We too can find ourselves in such a place in which God surrounds us with his presence and speaks to our hearts, allowing us to understand that no matter how things may appear, he alone is in control. No matter how dire the circumstance, though the world be turned on its ear, he abides with us, ministering to our needs and protecting us from harm and danger in our work and fulfilling our calling and functioning in our ministries. We remain safeguarded as we make ourselves ready for the long-awaited return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 6 of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 reads as such, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We must be aware of the things that are taking place constantly around us and not walking blindlessly with the expectation that we still have time. On that autumn day that begins so beautifully, the sun shined brightly and the birds sang. 3,000 lives were lost without warning. Why do I say without warning? Because had they known the day would unfold in the manner it did, would they have done or considered beginning it a little bit differently, heading off in a huff and a rush rather than take into account the family we depart, faces and palms planted against the glass in hopes of receiving a simple gesture a mere glance of acknowledgement yearning with great anticipation to see you return again as you departed with arms outstretched being the center of your tireless love and affection or those left to recall eternally the hostility of the words they shared as they departed each other that day i hate you i'm leaving you you're a liar you're dumb you're lazy Where's my money? Can't you do anything right? Without ever being able to take them back. Or those that take for granted the virtue of simply saying these words. I love you. We must live each day as if it matters. As if it is important to us. As if the people therein matter as well. Absent of the assumption that we will always have them or are guaranteed to see them once again. How can we slumber and wait? How can we faithfully watch when we are distracted by so many other things? Yes, on the grand scale, they may be important as far as worldly awareness is concerned, but neither sustains nor com comforts or casts the gaze of our eyes elsewhere amid our hopelessness. Even though scripture reminds us constantly, 
we willfully remain entangled by a multitude of trivial matters. Our lives are not permanent fixtures upon the earth. As we are reminded by the words expressed in James chapter 4 and verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We live life at the accelerated pace, always in a hurry to get to our next whatever that might be. Consider the past month alone, the natural disasters that have caused so many calamities around the world in California, Mexico, Florida, and Maui, as well as the tremendous loss of life experienced in both Morocco and Libya, as the number of presumed dead, men, women, and children, young and old, names known only to God, continues to climb. While I cannot resolve why, it urges me to care for the matters that are presently in front of me at this moment. Knowing that I am not my own, I can do nothing to add to my stature, status, or well-being. I cannot request a do-over of yesterday, nor speak tomorrow into existence. We are, each of us, kept by the enduring grace of God. We should not be found taking his immeasurable grace for granted as verses 14 through 23 of the text advise what it is that we are to do. And it reads, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In closing, we cannot be assured 100% of anything we aim to control in our lives for our own benefit. Our lives are not our own. We were purchased with a price, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, in which the fullness of God's glory dwells. How can we trample so great a gift, too busy, too occupied, always believing there is more time, always tomorrow? Jesus stands in the gap for us, you and I, day and night. We should not otherwise live as if we have the luxury of time on our side. More time to live, more time to love, more time to fellowship, more time for thankfulness, more time for friendship, more time to say, forgive me, I'm sorry I was wrong, more time to forgive others, more time to give our lives to Christ. We do not. Today is that day. Verse 24 
simply says, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. In the blackened ash and ruin of the charred building, I realized in that moment at 9.37 a.m. on September 11, 2001, I could have been there. It could have been me buried deep beneath the rubble. God, however, had other plans for me. And I received the most beautiful text on Monday of this week. And it simply read, Hey cousin, I just wanted to say that historically this is not a happy day. But I am thankful and happy that for whatever reason 22 years ago, you were not at work and I am able to send you this text message today. Love you cousin. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with me. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. You can respond by sending an email to howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text to the phone number from which you received today's episode. For those listening to me via Spotify, you can respond by leaving a message via the submitted link at https colon backslash backslash podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash david six 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 three four backslash message god bless each of you and may the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ be with you until we meet again wait on the lord and be of good courage.